0: At the center of the augmented reality industry lies one company. It's Gravity Jack. And they've been the secret pioneer in the augmented reality and virtual reality space since the early 2000s. Gravity Jack has worked with a plethora of Fortune 500 companies to create the augmented reality experiences you've seen and used today. And after a long wait, they've finally begun their first ever public stock offering. Gravity Jack invites you to join them. They'll continue to be at the center. Find them on Startengine.com. And day, and the of the Lord so good. Ever and hey y'all, welcome to Cross Politic on the Five Lab Feast Network. You're probably wondering why I'm wearing all orange. I mean I do yeah, I was actually occasionally wondering that. wear an orange polo. But when we're you know occasionally interviewing <laughs> He's our a Protestant brother from Northern Ireland. You gotta bring the Protestant Orange. Okay. You gotta bring
1: That's it That's what so That's, we have him uh, to blame for this horrible atrocity in front of us.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's
0: Roger's fault. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. But first, summer has been great around here at Cross Politic, and we want you to join us on this ride. First, we're no longer calling the Fight La Feast uh, club. It's now called the the Pub, you know, so the Fight La Feast pub or just or just the pub. Second, we've launched a new line of content focused on family entertainment. We will have our new show, This America. It's actually in the app right now. We got um, two episodes. We're working on a third episode. Yes, the cooking uh, show. We are also excited to kind of announce a Rowdy Christian Guides. Rowdy Rowdy Guides is just kind of a, a basically ten minute videos on kind of how to.
1: Hey, that first one's supposed to be dropping what today? Is today it or tomorrow. A today, or, today tomorrow. or tomorrow? Okay, so it should be in the app by the time. You hear this,
0: and it's actually me talking about how to cook a Texas style brisket. Yes, and yeah.
1: I, I actually, I can't wait for people to watch this because I think you did it wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you, think no, you no, did it wrong. There's, I don't know. I don't a, know how. a long. lot of ways to skin a cat. Did you
1: guys taste this brisket? <laughs> the produ- did you guys taste it? The guys who produced it? Was it good? Okay, yeah, yeah, and taste it. So we don't know. We don't know if it was, it was good or not. It was that. amazing. Yeah, okay.
0: Additionally, we will have the live streaming of our conferences and our past conference talks all bundled within um, the Fight Laugh Feast app. And that's important. So for those who can't attend our conference at the Ark Encounter in October, uh, after the recording, after the speaker speaks, we're going to uh, download it and throw it into the app. So normally we've kind of been able Maybe to live, we're live stream. Yeah. We have kind of live streamed in the past, but this is going to be a better and safer and more accurate way to deliver our content uh, from a conference to you immediately. So a speaker will speak, we'll download the content, we'll throw it into the app, so be be signed up and be ready for that. So head on over to fightlifefeast.com and join the pub, that's fightlifefeast.com. We appreciate the oh, support. Did you we talk, can't do it without you.
1: The university, we talk about the university at all. And
0: and we're or, bringing back Fightlifefeast University classes, but we're going to call it Pub U.
1: Yeah, well, I think that's what we're going to do. Public still house. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're still working yes. on it. But
0: Pub U, yes. it, it kind of makes sense.
1: I'm looking forward to that because, you know, one of the things that, that we've been uh, working through is, uh, well, I've been working through particularly because I'm trying to get my education up. You guys are all smarter than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but is the fact that it was, I think it was, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who was the Princeton um, the Princeton pr- uh, oh, president, uh, Elliot, Charles Elliot. Wow, that okay. finally okay. popped in my okay. head. But Charles Elliot, you know, he created this five-foot bookshelf that anybody who was, you know, started their family young and they couldn't go to and get their education, they were poor. If they got this five-foot bookshelf, they could have a free man's education, and it was their idea that a man that was educated um, and understood where he was and was literate would actually be a more free person in society. Mm-hmm. And so he created this five-foot bookshelf so that. These men could understand how to maintain their freedom as they were working and providing for their families and couldn't go to Princeton. So you're saying that five-foot
0: bookshelf is like, here's the books you need. Here's the books you need to
1: make sure you know where you are in history and how you got here. And so yep. they're just basically kind of like honoring the, honoring your forefathers, you know, the mm-hmm. fifth commandment stuff. Mm-hmm. And so the more that the, the, that was out there, the more the people had access to information, to knowledge, to history, the more free he felt like they would be. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is I feel like that the university is kind of our version of that, except not necessarily in book form, but right. in, you know, um,
0: online. Uh, yeah, li- form. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, this is our version of the five foot yeah. bookshop. I and mean, a lot of people can't don't have the time to read, but you can put it on. You can listen. You might have an hour or two. You can listen to a lecture or talk with the person who's doing the class. So I I really like what's happening with the U.
0: I dig that. Hey, we're grateful to have Roger Dunlop on uh, from Northern Ireland. Uh, He is an anatomy demonstrator and clinical tutor at Queens University, Belfast, and author of the new book, Taking Back Culture by Preaching the Kingdom. Uh, Roger, thank you for coming on the show. And you can correct me uh, if I got your location wrong
2: <laughs> No, that's that's all absolutely correct. Um, yeah, that's you're absolutely right I'm I live in Belfast and I work at the university teaching medical students And I've just recently ri- ri- written this uh, little book.
0: Okay. Okay. Thank you Well, um, so you wrote this book taking back the culture by preaching the kingdom yeah. um, first before we actually get into the to the book I'm I'm an ignorant American um, I yes. don't know the <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> political context very well of Northern Ireland at all in relationship to even COVID and, and, oh, yeah. and actually the church and the gospel. What's going on in Northern
2: yep. Ireland right now? Okay. Okay. So first of all, just to be reasonably clear Northern Ireland. Well, until about a hundred years ago, Ireland as a whole was part of the United Kingdom. And then about in 1922, they split. So Northern Ireland still is part of the United Kingdom. So the the, the laws and so on are well, predominantly united united kingdom based um we are um although there are um um, delegated powers and uh, well, I'm not trying to find the right word for that, but the, 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 there's sort of like a in the sta- in the states, you have different powers within the states. Well, we have some um, specific power within Northern Ireland. There's a local assembly but it's not functioning very well. Similar mm-hmm. to Scotland has, has some de- devolved government is what is what the term is. Yeah. But in, coming back to COVID, um, I think we probably had laws very similar to yourselves about restrictions on meeting uh, church, um, restrictions on meeting socially, um, staying at home, mask mandates. And most of the churches, I would say virtually all in Northern Ireland, closed at various times, although they then reopened under various controlled ways. So I think we were quite similar to yourselves on those respects. Yeah. Yeah. So did, uh, did churches?
1: Yeah. Did churches stay open there? Did everybody close down? Was there anybody pushing back at the beginning of the pandemic?
2: I am not aware of really any churches that really pushed back. Um, oh. There may have been some, but uh, but I'm I'm not aware of them. I think they pretty much did what uh, the government line said. I think there were lots of individuals, maybe. But just as individuals would have said, we're we're not happy with this. But I don't think really any churches did uh, as such. Mm. Um, so it was, I was disappointing. Um, yeah, when they went online, and and many of them haven't really recovered, as far as I understand, or have only partially recovered their numbers after going oh. online. So what's so? The very st- <laughs> them, I what,
0: think. what's the state of Christianity in general in Northern Ireland? Is it cultural? Is it, um, you know, uh, it sounds like the churches are weak. What's the state, the general state of Christianity?
2: Um, strangely, I would say that, honestly, Northern Ireland is one of the most um, Christianized bits of, well, probably probably Europe, any of Western Europe. Wow. Uh, certainly, certainly the UK. Um, lots and lots of Christians, lots and lots of Christian churches. Um, you, you know, you'll, It's quite a network of Christians. I wouldn't say the majority of people are Christian. And and it did, of course, have a historical, cultural um, legacy from from being Christian. Uh, That's been rapidly eroded. Um, We had, uh, until the last couple of years, last year I think even, we we didn't have abortion in Northern Ireland. It was was actually illegal apart from very restricted mother's life at risk circumstances, Um, unlike the rest of the UK. And then we've had that super, uh, super imposed upon us in the last couple of years from the Westminster government. Um, so it been, more been, on. Yeah. 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 would have been, would have been conservative uh, uh, socially until the last few years, but now it's moved rapidly, degraded rapidly. Um, and I have to say, sorry, part of the reason why I, I was sort of focused on writing the book is although there's lots of Christians and lots of, effectively probably lots of good core preaching and doctrine and uh, there has really been a movement away from taking too much involvement in the culture uh, in fact that's really not not the, the the emphasis at all apart from sometimes sort of saying you're going to engage with the culture or you want to relate to people or contact them mm-hmm. and bring them in uh, it's not it's not in any sense um, wanting to to really tackle the country, culture or confront the culture. Yeah.
1: I want to talk about that. Yeah. And so I just want to get on you real quick, Roger, you know, I hear that you were in Moscow for grace agenda and you came into town and, and I, I guess you traveled light because you just came with, I guess, one book <laughs> and handed it to Gabe <laughs> and you didn't bring me a, a copy so I could read the book. Cause Gabe hogged the book and then just told us a little bit about it like two days ago. And so I just want you to know, I didn't have a chance to read your book. And then he screenshots me a cop, a, a, the, the front page of it. And I'm like, well, this seems like something I really want to gauge. And there's like four chapters with the conclusion. And so I love yeah. the way that you laid it out because I think it makes it easy for people like me who didn't get a copy because uh, somebody didn't bring a book for them, uh, to kind of work through. And I want to do this. I want to work through There's four parts to this book. And the first part deals with preachers and their role to the culture, kind of what you were talking about. Cause can we start there and talk yeah. about the preacher's role to the culture from where, how you see it?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, think, I think most um, preachers that I'm familiar with here, and I think maybe a lot in, in the U.S. too, really they see their role as um, building up the individuals in the church uh, in their own spiritual lives, and their own personal sanctification, and in the activity and strength of the church. So whether well, that's attendance at church, attendance at other church meetings, Sunday school, Bible classes, and so on. And really just emphasising that, is, that that is where the kingdom is, effectively. The kingdom is essentially, or predominantly, Christ's kingdom now is predominantly contained within the, the, the building of the church, and maybe... Well, not maybe definitely the missionary activities of the church, but not with any cultural responsibility at all, and not directing the congregation to go out and build the culture within within the world they're they're actually living in. So that that's and that's very strongly the view, I think, that um uh, certainly, in many of the churches that I'm familiar with, that that, that uh, that's what they want to do. They want to build build the church, uh, build what goes on inside the church, and build the individual spiritual lives of of the Christians, which which is fair enough. But really, hands off anything in terms of uh, getting involved in, in, in culture more widely, uh, even even you know tentative about education, yes, etc.
1: So, so then what is your argument that you're making uh, in the book that their role is, that the, I guess the way you phrased it was that the kingdom was inside of, around the, the four walls of the church and then missionary. What's your yeah. argument that it's beyond that?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, I, I mean, Christ, um, when he, when he rose again uh, and when he ascended, uh, he's given all authority and that's that includes authority over every aspect of of culture arts the world all kingdoms all gov- all, all governments and christians are out in in the world and they've got to uh, act as his hands and feet as he as he implements his authority um really as the um the new adam uh redeeming the the activity that adam failed to do and picking that up again and um that's its christians role to to do that. Um, they're building Christ's kingdom and it's well beyond just what's going on inside the church. And so that, that's really the emphasis that I wanted to push in the book. Do you
1: do, I, I haven't since Gabe is the only person who has, but do, you know, I've always, it's funny you say that because I've always realized when you said um, as the second Adam, that always gets lost in this narrative, this conversation is that people forget that this is a story that actually started all the way back in Genesis, right? And it started with Adam and Adam had a job. Adam failed to do that job and everybody gets that part, but then they don't always get that Christ. The second Adam has not failed to complete or uh, uh, failed to run in the authority that he is given as the ruler of earth, right? And so we forget that that that's a continuation. Do you work through that at all?
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Basically, um, I'm just trying to remember the details, but that's picked up in Hebrews, uh, whereby um, referring back to um, uh, Psalm eight, where where, although man has been given authority in Psalm eight, he doesn't seem to be implementing it. But um, in Hebrews two, we see that although that's referred back to, that 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 man is still not uh, is, is only partially or very slightly succeeding in that. Now we see Christ as the second Adam, um, coming into to the role uh, to pick up where Adam failed and that's and good. to lead up in that. So that, that's the connect, kind of connection between Hebrews 2 and, and Psalm 8. So
0: you get into uh, in the, in the chapter on how the kingdom has already transformed the world. It surprised me that you kind of started going through like science and technology, mathematics, um, you started going through like wait he did. Medicine, oh, I, I'm sorry, medicine, I wouldn't know that if I had medicine. a copy no, of I the got, book. I got yeah, taken care, care of though. Thanks, oh, man. It right now. Hmm. Well, oh, um, why is that? How has the kingdom transformed those various disciplines?
2: Well, uh, well, the main reason why I wrote that I wrote that chapter was because when I started to talk to people about this, other Christians, and sort of with a positive view that Christ and the Christianity had transformed the world. They were saying, oh, well, this project you're talking about, we haven't seen much effect of that. That hasn't really, worked. where's that? That's not working out. That hasn't done very much. Um, it's as if they had completely lost the perspective that um, the many benefits we have in science, in the law, and before the law, um, of the liberties we have, um, we they took for granted they they, they assumed they kind of just came down you know yeah. and and, and grew up w- without you know without any origin or they assumed that, that that's what kind of the enlightenment brought us and they they really didn't register that most of those things if not all of those really good things had come from Christians acting so that's why I had to put the chapter in it's quite it's quite long um, uh, I think you know it, it t- the democracy the uh, legal systems the legal benefits we have uh, uh, that we are innocent until proven guilty that we've got a chance to put our case um um scientific benefits and improvements um all mathematics has been massively influenced by christians mm-hmm. so i i you know that what i what i did there actually was probably more comprehensively done by people like um rodney stark he's written on that as well and uh, I, I even um Magal Wandy, whose book I just have a look at over my shoulder, I can't see it, but anyway, the book that changed the book that changed the, the, your world or made your world, that's the Bible, better done by other people, but I needed to put it in there to convince Christians who said, well, w- w- we haven't seen anything about this, it hasn't had any effect. They needed to see how that it has already massively benefited the world, an outlook where Christ is building the culture and Christians are playing their role in that.
0: Part. Of, oh, go ahead. I was going to say. So it seems like to me, um, uh, Christians have been massively influenced by Gnosticism, and your this yeah. chapter is kind of countering that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I think I think the idea that. Um, the spiritual things, the things in your heart and uh, directing your view simply towards heaven, which I'm not trying to denigrate at all, um, is much, much more important, uh, if, if not exclusively more important than the things on the ground in the reality and in the, the hard nuts and bolts of the of the earth and the, and the materials that we deal with there. And, and you know, dealing with um, the elements, dealing with other people, even the realities of creation, those have, have been Massively downplayed uh, by a kind of, I think, a false spirituality, false Gnosticism, a Gnosticism which is which is a false spirituality, devaluing the the reality of of things as against spiritual ideas and concepts.
1: You know, here is you know one of the things that I noticed about the chapter. I think Gabe jumped to chapter because um, I, I actually want to go to chapter two, but Jay, Gabe jumped to chapter three. and I just want to stay here for a second. You know, you said that um, how basically how the kingdom has transformed the world. And it's funny because I think a lot of people are not comfortable or usually we don't talk in the idea that the kingdom is here and is now and is transforming and working. Instead, we like to say we how the gospel has transformed the world. But you intentionally use how the kingdom has transformed the world. Why? Why?
2: Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Well, well, I'm, I'm going back a bit to the cultural mandate again, going back to the first Adam again. So so Adam was was given the role to really uh, subdue the whole the whole world, and that, that was part of his role, um, a major part of his role. And I think, as I say, in Christ, that's being renewed again. But uh, also, when we talk about the gospel, the gospel is not just an individual message, which it is massively, of course, uh, not to be undervalued, but it's also a message for the whole world. It's a message of redemption and healing for the world, and improvement for the world. So, therefore, we got to work it out in the practicalities and mm. the realities as well. So, so I, I don't see gospel. Yeah, it's kind of—is it a narrow gospel or is it a broad gospel? Really, a broad, a broad, a full gospel where you're you're applying the message to the whole creation. How do you
1: how do you um, argue with a lot of the people? I, I guess who don't believe that the kingdom is here. They like, they look forward to it. They like, the kingdom's going to come. Can't and so wait. when it comes, <laughs> I'm going to be happy for it. But yeah. what is your argument that the kingdom is actually here now?
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that is probably a hard, hard issue that people, people do raise. Well, the first thing is, I think um, when Jesus says in Matthew 28, that all authority has been given to him. And, and that's a kind of, a, that's a, that's a change in what, what was there before. And he is the king. So he is the king and so he if he has all authority given to him and he is the king then we we have the kingdom here uh and we you know see that reflected in Daniel 7 as well where as the son of man he he obtains or receives all these things so there's a, there was a change in the status of mankind within Christ at that time and he he is the king he often and he, he you know he's writing in the parables he's describing himself sometimes as the king as well or the, the, you know the kingdom of of heaven is is what's coming so um if he's not the king who is the king
1: the devil that's what i hear he's the one i mean <laughs> yeah. seriously i hear it but he's the one yeah. ruling and reigning yeah. here right now I, and so
2: i I, and I will hear that as well but how can that be if christ has all authority that's in every right. uh, in every instance it, it's impossible. and yet you will hear that said that, that this is the kingdom of of, of, of Satan and see but Satan's kingdom has been overthrown, Christ has bound the strong man. so um you know it, it, that, yeah, within worldliness, yes Satan is still in control. that is in the in the world of the carnal world. yes, he he is still there but but his authority. You know, it's Christ has the authority, and we we need to accept that. And that's 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 something that I've often come up against. And that I suppose is a is a subtext in you know a, a sub theme of what why I wanted to write the book. So I wanted to tell people that's not true. Mm. Satan is not. True.
0: Um, so this this is sounds like it's jumping ahead, but it's not. Yeah, it is. Go ahead, do your thing. <clears throat> and Pastor and, Toby's not here, so you're just and, gonna go random. Inner conclusion.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Joe, for helping out.
0: You, you got, I mean, you, I think you hit the nail on the head right here. He said, you said, everybody wants to change the world. Socialists want to change the world. Yeah. Feminists want to change the world. You know, I mean, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. I mean, everybody wants to change the world but Christians.
1: Yep. And, yep. and before you
0: before you get into that answer, actually, I, I got to read. I want you to think about that for a minute. I I, I got to add. I'm going to read here, and then, and then we'll bring you back in. Tired of someone else telling you where to go when you have medical need. Are you ready to take control of your health care? I hope you are. Then it's time to take a look at Samaritan Ministries. It's biblical, affordable health care sharing with no restrictive networks. Here's how it works. When a medical need arises, you choose the health care provider that's right for you and have a say in the treatment you receive, which is incredible. I mean, the whole medical industrial complex now yep. these days, I just I'm done with. Send your medical bills to Samaritan Ministries and they will notify fellow members to pray for you and send money directly to help you pay those bills. Join 80,000 Christians, Christian households, excuse me, across the nation who have already taken control of their health care. Go to Samaritan org slash crosspolitic, and even if you don't go to slash cross politic, make sure they know we sent you. Uh, it's very helpful yes. for them and our partnership and everything. So, thank you. Uh, make sure you check out Samaritan Ministries and and they'll be actually booting um, at our. I'm looking forward to our seeing our them. Yeah. And, um, uh, in the Ark Encounter. So, okay, so Roger, it um it was really that 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 how you phrased it was really helpful. I mean, we have thought about this before, but um it you know all these big giants like. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and they're doing all these amazing things because they really believe what what they're doing is going to change the world. That's right and and then yet there's Christians, you know, we're very short-sighted on 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 our view of what it of what it means to change the world and uh, it's it's amazing that in fact in a lot of ways Christians don't believe they're going to change the world and that the world is just going to fall apart. And Jesus is gonna come and rapture up those who He needs to rapture up, and we're out of here. So at no point do Christians really have an impact on this world with that worldview, um, or if they do, it's a very stunted impact or a or disparaging impact. It's all gonna, it's all going to hell. It's all, it's all gonna go. So, um, uh, is that uh, first of all, is that kind of like the the Christianity in Northern Ireland? Do do is is it very kind of like a pre mill Christianity in Northern Ireland?
2: Yeah, it, well no, actually I, I think it's it's actually Amil. okay that would okay. be the predominant view um, particularly among, I mean it's a lot of Presbyterians and, and Reformed people around, so that would be, with them then, that's pr- predominantly amale. but I actually do think, uh, uh, on reflection there would also be a number of pre-mill people, and that has influenced that negativity of the pre-mill, that, that it's you know, it's things are going to get worse, but then Christ will come and, and there'll be a rapture that has affected, that has infiltrated uh, into the Emil view and made it even more pessimistic. <laughs> so, uh, so there's there's really um, there really is a lack of vision. And actually, funny funny, I you, when you mentioned that, that one of the, I quote something a bit obscure in the book, which is uh, which is a piece of a, a little Irish phrase called, and I'll say it in Irish. Not that I know Irish, but "Chucky uh, Arla," which was actually the um, the one of the models of the Republic and terrorist movement, and what they were saying is, our day will come. Okay. And I can remember when I would have heard about that, thinking, yeah, they, ha- they have a vision. They mm. have a vision. Their vision would be, you know, to, to get all the British influence out of Ireland. That would be essentially it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but, uh, but they had a vision, whereas the churches don't have a vision. Um, and then, at the minute, as far as I can see, and the nearest thing that they're kind of working towards or accepting is this idea of exile that Mm. that seems to be relatively predominant as well Mm. maybe not totally predominant but it's a a factor
0: man okay no vision you know proverbs says where the people uh, where there's no vision the people perish yeah and to be in a situation you know northern so you're saying northern ireland is basically dominated by the presbyterian kind of (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, well, first of all, first of all, the population is, uh, there's uh, probably slightly more Protestants, in, in, the, in not a lot more than, than Catholics. There's still a lot of Catholics in the Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland, and the Protestant denominations are split. Well, the various shades of Presbyterian would probably be the largest group. There's Anglicans as well, and Methodists, and Pentecostalists, and so on. But the Presbyterians probably, among the Protestants, if you lump them all together, they would probably be the, uh, the biggest Protestant group. That's so they're all adherents of the Westminster Confession, well, pretty much.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh, taking back the culture through preaching the kingdom. Roger, um, I want to here. I, I look forward to getting my copy signed to, <laughs> so everybody knows. But um, here's where I want to leave. want well, I, I want to <laughs> let you go ahead and finish with the conclusion that you left in the book. How did you conclude in the book and what would be your word?
2: yeah well really i i think the, the church has to uh and and the believers have to kind of give up on this idea of defeatism and 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 likely f- failure and um really get properly and fully engaged um we realize it's it, it is a war um there's price to pay um there's there's uh, sacrifice to be made uh, and it's not going to happen instantly but uh really to, to every step they have, every every possibility they have every opportunity they have to uh, really um, put forward Christ's kingdom first, obeying him in everything and er- everything is significant uh, that we're involved and mm. in. he puts us in every every position that we're in he's put us there and um, we've got to act and work for him in that um uh, yeah and um, be prepared be prepared to face difficulty and confrontation. Um, yeah. That, and, yeah and, and the thing is, the, th- the thing is that the reason why I, I kind of called the, the book uh, the title is it is is really um, the pulpit is a nodal point, if you like. So in, in terms of if we want to try and engage this tra- or in, in, in enhance this transformation, um, if we've got believing people sitting in, in the pews and we've got a Bible believing preacher who's going to preach the word, um, believing that it's true, that's where the power rests. So that's really what Melville was saying right at the very start that um the, the pulpit is the pride of the culture, and so if we can have a Bible believing preaching and people in the pews listening, then they can go out and influence their their uh their families, their businesses, the the uh, government they may be involved in or education uh, and so that's why the pulpit is really the 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 key key point.: Roger, how many people think
0: like you? In Northern Ireland,
2: um, probably very few. Yeah, uh, the, 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 that, that's one of the frustrations. That's actually why I re- kind of wrote the book because I, I, um, I know, I know you guys are talking to me about it, and which is which is really great. But I, I, I'm hoping that it might have a bit more of effect. Uh, locally, because I can only think I can count on you know on the fingers of one hand who I would be pretty sure who who would share my views. Now there will be others as well, but I'm not aware of many of them uh, that that share my views. So w- when I talk to people about this, we're, we're like in the old uh, the old. Um, um, uh, a word where they say, you know, first they ignore you, then then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then then you win. So we're we're well in the stage of first they ignore you. They actually don't really know what you're talking about when you talk about Christ's dominion and how it can change things and how we can look, take a, po- a positive view. So uh, very very few people are, are sharing this, and I'm hoping that I can be provocative by writing this book and get some people to at least engage with the ideas. Um, so, mm. oh, wow.
1: Well, if you're out in Northern Ireland, find Roger and get his book, Taking Back the Culture by Preaching the Kingdom. Roger, thank you very much, sir, for coming on Cross Politic.
2: Thank you. It's been a privilege.
1: Yes. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until tomorrow, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. of people think real estate agents aren't very trustworthy. The only way to change that perception is to change the reality. If you're looking for a career where integrity matters and you can guide others through tough, high-stakes decisions, come join us at Story Real Estate and help drive that 75% down to zero. I'm Chris, the owner and founder, let's see if we have a career you'll love.